Westworld Theorycast is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com. Go to Cufflinks.com right now and use code DVR20 to save 20% off your order, no minimum. Cufflinks.com is the men's accessory marketplace. They aim to drive men to one place where they can find all the accessories they could want to elevate their look each and every day. Now, we all know that there's a coronavirus going around and we want everyone to be safe and happy. And a lot of things have been canceled. Okay. And a lot of sales that Cufflinks had have been canceled too. NCAA, things like that. But they have now put over 700 items on their sale page to get a great discount while people are planning that next outing with their friends. When this all clears up, and you go out, you're still going to have to look good. So head over to cufflinks.com today. We wish you and your family well. Have a great day. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Westworld Theorycast. Today you have the cleanup techs coming together to close out the week. My name is Gina Giacchetti, and my co-host tonight is Andy Theobald, in some circles known as Andro... And Calrissian. Um, unfortunately, Tim Hines, aka Timothy Hinesworth, is not able to join us tonight. He's, he's suffering from some severe allergies, which I can completely relate to. So hopefully he'll, he'll be back with us last next week. But um, we are the cleanup techs. We round up the trash, the missed pieces, things undiscussed, and things we think others podcasting earlier in the week got completely wrong. But we're going to try and tidy things up as best we can do. And tonight we will be discussing Westworld Season 3, Episode 2, The Winter Line. And if you want to find out more about other Westworld podcasts or any other entertainment podcasts, you can do that at dvrpodcast.com. So, Andy, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty well. I mean, as good as you can in this environment. So I know. I mean, um, how are you doing? Because you're kind of out on the farm all day, but has this really impacted your your day that much? Um, it's starting to a little bit. I mean, technically, I am classified an essential worker, so it won't really affect me too much because I'm in agriculture and I farm. Our planting season is coming up here in about two weeks, but uh, it's affecting me more with my wife because the the stay at home thing in Minnesota starts tomorrow. But Claire oh. is a she's a teacher, eighth grade teacher. So she's been prepping to do online learning for the last week. So my office has basically become her office, and I basically have become full time daycare. So it's it's been a very <laughs> our, wow. our daycare is also closed right now because of that. So it's been a it's that's been more of my in my yeah. Well, hey, you know, welcome to the club. I think uh, yeah. California went on lockdown last Tuesday, so I guess I'm a week and two days into it further along. It's definitely, um, it's an interesting kind of like emotional roller coaster. Like you'll be like coasting along for a few days, so like I got this, and then <laughs> like one day you'll just be like, oh my god, I don't know what's happening. You know, it's kind of a yeah. I can't even imagine till we get to that. I mean. Luckily for like, so luckily for me, when I'm out in the field, I'll be out doing something outside. So it won't be, I don't think it'll be as bad for me, but like my wife is go, really starting to go stir crazy. I mean, she's used to having kids all the time and it's now it's yeah. her basically talking to the 
kind of like what we're doing, just talking to the computer all day long. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's a, that is a hard shift. Yeah. I work from home normally anyway. So this is, it's kind of like my normal. I just make sure I can always get outside for like a hike or something every day to, you know, keep my sanity. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, so let's launch into this episode of Westworld. Um, Starting from the top, how would you rate this episode in terms of Westworld episodes? Well, I've kind of been, I've done a couple 180s on this episode. When I first got done watching it, I loved it. I loved every second. I'm a big, I'm always a sucker for big plot twists and things like that of any type of series. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, eh, I'm not so sure about some of that. And when I rewatched it, the first time, I rewatched it twice. And the first time I, at the end of it, I was down to like, I don't know, a four or a five middle of the road. Then I rewatched it again here tonight. And I really think it's a really strong episode. I think it just, it took me a while to get to that point. So I, I mean, I would say maybe a seven. Not, but okay. that, I think it's a lot of setup, obviously. So it's not, not a lot of payoff, but I still, I enjoyed it more the more times I have seen it, if that makes sense. Okay. No, I think that makes sense. I only watched it twice and I, I, I gave it a three, like a three in the end. And I just think it's, I feel like we've seen Maeve in this situation before. And so it just kind of seemed like another iteration of an episode we'd seen in the past, even though it was War World and, you know, the simulation and things like that. Um, I don't know. I just felt like, okay, let's, let's get on with it. It just seemed like a lot of iteration to end up where we got to. I actually don't, I don't, I wouldn't disagree with that because I think a lot of it is repetitive of earlier episodes. A lot of things happen in this one that have happened in other, other ways, whether it be season one or season two. So I can totally understand that. Yeah. I, I, I understand it. I just, I don't, something with it clicked with me more, the more I saw it, the more I thought about it. And actually the more I went through the notes and just kind of listened to the other podcasts, my admiration has grown for it since then. So. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a necessary episode. I just don't know. We'll have to see. Like, oh, yeah. maybe I'll give it a different score when we get done with the whole season. But or maybe um, you'll convince me otherwise too. At the end of this, maybe who knows? Who knows? Um, so I kind of wanted to start out with this is my big question: What happens when two dudes who didn't know they were weren't real dudes team up together? And this is all about Bernard and Stubbs because I just think it's like. It's like, you know, hosts that didn't know they were hosts unite. And I have, a, I have kind of a lot of head scratching and just kind of like theories around this. <laughs> but um, I don't know. What, what do you think of this? I, I actually really, I, I didn't know what to expect, but I really, that's, I really loved it because it was so, the pairing seemed different. And just the, there was a little more, I don't know if humor's correct the word but it was a lot of it was a little lighter and it was just the the contrasting acting styles I liked and I really liked it it's I'm curious to talk about this part because I have a lot of questions here as well yeah and I'm really glad Stubbs who we often refer to as um oh gosh the lesser Hemsworth <laughs> yes the lesser yeah. Hemsworth um I, I mean I really like him as an actor and it's funny because I feel like midway into season two last year, or maybe when he got like captured by the natives at one point, and then 
was like automatically returned and he didn't seem to remember any of it. I was like, yep. I don't think he's real. And then it turned out he actually wasn't, which was, yeah. you know, kind of both shocking and yet not surprising in, in a really weird way. But um, I'm really glad he's back. And um, I think it's just so interesting. You've got this like weird writing theme now with, um, with hosts shooting themselves in the head mm-hmm. um, to escape, to escape really, or to, to get where they need to belong. And so Stubbs has, we know he, he wasn't very successful. Um, Teddy did, of course, um, Maeve did. And in this episode, um, I don't know if she had before in the past. I can't, I can't really recall. I uh, can't remember if she has again, has before either. But I, I feel like Bernard did at one point. Or was well, Dolores definitely point? did. Did she shoot herself in the head? Was that yes. the end of last in, season? Okay. In season one. It's right at it's right after uh it's right after she shoots Bernard. Or not oh, Bernard, Arnold. Right. Yes, yes, you're right. Okay. Um I, I had to go back and double check that because I saw your note and I'm like, God, I think she did. So I, she did definitely shoot herself in the head. It was in season one. So Yeah, so it's um I mean, sure, maybe that's an easy way out when you have guns around, but at the same time, it just seems very, um, it it seems like there's something more to it. Like there's some type of cognizant thing in their mind that just says this is the only way out for us right now. Um, Maybe some kind of antivirus program or something that they're triggered to to around that to get rid of, to purge the system or something. Yeah, that's an interesting idea. and then also kind of the big mystery now is we know that Caleb was shot in the head, but I think the bigger question is now with all these, you know, kind of suicides uh, by gunshot to the head, was he shot by someone else or did he shoot himself? Yeah, I was, I was thinking the same thing when we first saw Stubbs in that kind of like what we had talked about last week at the, with Teddy and, it's a, it's a very, uh, I, I'm guessing we're probably going to get that story at some point, I hope. Yeah. And I, that'll tell us a lot about about uh, Caleb's character, I think. Yeah, I, I think so, too, because kind of where we see him last is he's, he's kind of, you know, over the body of his of his friend, Francis. Oh, I Francis, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, who we know was killed or died, you know, somehow yep. in whatever operation they were part of um but we don't really understand caleb's whole yeah that's yeah definitely to learn a lot more about caleb but i think there's a lot of stuff there we can definitely theorize about and think they're either leaving a lot of red herrings or a lot of cute clues one of the two yeah yeah no definitely and um so do you think this pairing of bernard and Stubbs will be successful i mean clearly Bernard's trying to stop Dolores from doing whatever he thinks she's going to be doing. And um, I don't know. Do you, do you think Stubbs will remain true or do you think that he'll end up joining Dolores? I think he'll stick with Bernard. I think, I I mean, along those lines, I think it might be more interesting, interesting idea is if Bernard is actually going to team up with Maeve. I had assumed that's why he was going back to Westworld was to find Maeve. 
And that's not why he went to Westworld. Yeah. So I actually agree with you. I do think Bernard could end up teaming up with Maeve. But there was something Stubbs said when Arnold came back and talked to him for the first time. He's like, you know, I, I need to stop Dolores and, you know, from doing what she's going to do. And Stubbs is like, why? Because I think Stubbs just uh. seemed to, <laughs> Stubbs, why would you stop her? Stubbs seemed to be at the end of last season when he realized he was a host, just Dolores was leaving as in the body of Charlotte. Yeah. He just looked so betrayed. You know, there's like this, it, it, you know, it's a huge betrayal to find out that you're just another machine yeah. um, and not a human. Um, I don't know that Bernard really took it that way. I think he's got so much of Arnold's humanity infused in him. Yeah. That that and kind of interferes in a weird way. At that same time on the beach there, Stubbs even said his job was to protect the hosts. Right. So that yeah. may mean he maybe wouldn't want to harm Dolores, too. Yeah. No, that, that's very true. That's very true. You know, Dolores has the ability to reprogram people, too, right? Or hosts yep. yeah. as well. Yep. And something in me feels like, I think I said it last week, like, you know, Caleb fine but i don't see him as the leading man for dolores he just seems like teddy 2.0 however stubs stubs might be able to be her true partner in crime because he understands kind yeah. of whole the way things work much more um well he's a lot more self-aware yes yeah and he he also has an understanding of you know, I just think there's that first, that level of betrayal. And then second, he does have a, a, a more deep understanding of how that whole world works. Yeah. I yeah. like that. I hadn't considered that. Like, and I seen you had put this question in the notes and I had kind of thought about it, but I hadn't thought about it this deeply. I like this idea. It's, it's, I think it's something to keep an eye on for sure. Yeah. We'll see. I, I, I can't wait until all these like parties meet up together. Yeah. That's just going to be so interesting. Um, I do. I do have to. Well, I'm thinking of it. I need to say one more thing about what, about uh, Luke Hemsworth. When we'd always called him the Lesser Hemsworth, I think he's officially <laughs> past Liam Hemsworth. So I think now he's the Middle Hemsworth. He's still not better than Chris, but I, th I think we can start calling him Middle Hemsworth from now on. You know, I have to agree because his scene where he was like kind of glitching out after Bernard yes. found him, I was just like, this is phenomenal. I'm like, yeah. I didn't think he had it in him. Yeah, it I didn't really, either. Really I great. thought he was a pretty face. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I think uh, I think we're going to see a lot of good things from him this mm -hmm. season. So we're going to take a break. Here's Axel. If you're selling online, you need ReadyCloud CRM. ReadyCloud CRM keeps you and your team connected through a powerful e-commerce suite for shipping, online returns, and growth marketing. Go to ReadyCloud.com slash pod to start your free trial. ReadyCloud CRM syncs with all popular sales channels, including Shopify, 
BigCommerce, Magento, WooCommerce, Square, and Amazon. ReadyCloud CRM has the everyday tools you need to review all your orders, quickly ship your orders for less, and handle returns the way Amazon does. Start out today and get 100 free action alerts by registering at ReadyCloud.com slash pod. That's ReadyCloud.com slash pod. And we're back. So, um... What should we talk about next? Should we talk about kind of uh, Dolores versus Maeve and, and what this might look like? Because it definitely seems like it's going in this direction. Yes, it definitely does. I, I, let's, let's do it. Okay. So something that um, I noticed at the end of my second rewatch um, when Maeve came back out in that white dress, I was like, well, gosh, we saw Dolores in a black dress at the end of her episode last week. And now we're seeing Maeve in a white dress. And is this just, you know, does the bl- is the black dress an equivalent to a black hat? And is the white dress equivalent to a white hat? You know, we saw, you know, that's, that's part of what people decide, especially the men when they come into Westworld. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think the women necessarily decide that. Maybe some get to, but... Um, yeah. Yeah, I thought I thought that was kind of an interesting twist. Um, and I wonder if this, you know, is this indicative of what their direction is going to be for the season? Or is this just, you know, a fluke? Uh, I don't know. And what do you I, I, Well, I, th- I, I think that's definitely put in there on purpose. I don't think it's an yeah. accident. I don't think anything in this show is put in there right. as an accident. <laughs> right. So the, the, the first other things I thought about there is Serac is also dressed all in white. Now, yes, that's, everything that's leads you right. to believe he's a bad guy the way it's presented. But does that mean he's also, and at the same time, through most of season one, William wore a white hat? That's true. He did. So, I mean, that's, I don't know which, I think it does mean something. I'm just not sure what, <laughs> what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think we kind of need to see. And then, um, I'm not sure, but I mean, if we look back, even just to kind of the theory we just talked about, uh, was Stubbs in a black t-shirt? I feel like he was. I'm pretty sure he was. Okay. All right. Maybe maybe we need to take more clothing cues. Uh, we may need to. <laughs> yeah, as we as we go along here. Um, something that also kind of occurred to me was, you know, between Maeve and Dolores, Maeve has been trying to like change and control the world she's world she's been created for. You know, she's like reprogrammed some characters to do her bidding within this world. Um, you know, she she gets, you know, Felix and Sylvester, or at least one of them. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure who's yeah. who. I can't remember yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, on her side. In a way, she gets Lee Sizemore on her side, especially, you know, in last season. But at the same time, when you look at Dolores, Dolores isn't trying to change. Maybe last season, she was trying to change the world that that she'd been created for. But I think her ultimate goal was always to get out and to change the world that created her. And I think this is like, I think this is a really distinct for both of these characters. And I just, I've always thought Dolores's goals are much more aspirational than Maeve's, even though Maeve's got all these like crazy, amazing powers. And, um, 
yeah, I don't know. I don't know. What do you, what do you think about? I, I like what you're trying to say. I can't formulate it into, I, I completely understand what you're saying and I like it. And I think that's a really interesting contrast. I, I don't know how it plays into the whole story. Obviously. I mean, we don't know how any of this stuff plays in, Right. I really, yeah. do, I really do like that. It's a nice character contrast. Cause I, I mean, it, it really does seem like it's going to be a, a showdown between the two of them of some kind. And that would be an interesting way to, to, yeah. to uh, face off against each other. It does. I still like, I think, I feel like even last season, I was, I really had this hope that Maven Dolores would team up. And I feel like I still feel that now, especially kind of based on how this episode ended, which we can talk mm-hmm. about. Um, you know, kind of a, a little further on, maybe when we get yeah. to get to Ciroc. But um, yep. yeah, that's that's we can we can table that for. I now. think I know where you're going there, but we can, yeah. Yeah, we can go go to that later. Yeah, um, I think there were a couple other kind of really interesting parallels between these two. I think one was you know as Maeve is trying to get her pearl out of cold water storage or whatever using yeah. uh, using that droid you know once she does it she you know her her awareness is gone and she falls her her physical self falls into Sizemore's arms the same way that Dolores fell into Caleb's mm-hmm. um which you know nice nice parallel there and, and then it's, um, it's also the same way Dolores fell into William's arms yeah many yeah. times in her in her own loop in the in Westworld too. Yes, yeah, completely. Um, but then there's something else that Jenny brought up in the last podcast, which was <laughs> the ridiculousness of Maeve wearing this pencil skirt yet manages to ride a horse in it. And it's kind of <laughs> red. I would call it more of a burgundy. But yep. if you recall the episode before, Dolores is in like a super tight red mini skirt and yet she gets on that motorcycle and it's just like you know you see her from the rear end driving away from you and you're just like I I, you know it's funny that Jenny brought it up about the horse because I just thought how is she doing that in that skirt Um, I have a hard enough time riding a horse when I'm wearing jeans I don't know how (laughs) you would do it in something like that I know right it's just um I mean or even like a motorcycle it just seems like you would want (laughs) something a little more covering for that mm-hmm. anyway um some very interesting choices in the, in the parallels uh for these women <laughs> yeah, so far definitely. this season so it'll be really interesting to see how far they they stretch those out um as we uh as we go on um so let's get into some of like the other questions from the show and um I don't know. Why don't you start off on this? What are some of the other questions you have about this as we get into it? Well, there's, there's one I forgot to, uh, I didn't put in the notes because I just came up with this one, like maybe 10 minutes before we went on the air. But uh, there's a point when, uh, when Maeve is trying to break out of the simulation and she says that time moves differently in the simulation. Uh huh. Does that mean if she finds her daughter, her daughter could be very old? If she ever actually gets meets up with her daughter, does that make sense? It does, but because 
because now she's going to be in suppose i mean unless that she's still in a simulation she's supposedly in the real world now i suppose that doesn't mean that though because the that where where her daughter is isn't necessarily a simulation but i don't know i just that line stuck out to me like there's a reason they put that in there yeah it seemed like some type of foreshadowing that was the only thing i could think of that would hmm. that would uh, that could apply to that that's that's interesting. I think you're right that there's going to be something there with that. And they're moving, was it that they're moving more slowly in the real world? Than yeah, that, and she says, Maeve says something to the effect of they move, we move much faster in the, in the computer or in the simulation than they do in the real world. Hmm. That's interesting. Um, that, I mean, my other thought with that too is, I mean, just like with Walt on Lost, it's hard to keep a kid the same age. It would be a good way around the having to keep the young kid if it, if it doesn't happen for a scene or two. Yeah, I guess it just depends on if they ever age the hosts. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. They, I guess that is true because they don't really seem to age ever. So I, I was probably way, at least I, I just came up with this right before we went on the air. So I, no. hadn't, I hadn't thought it through, but there's something about that line I think we'll yeah. come back Something. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I think when it comes down to the destruction of one side or the other, that that, that will definitely mm -hmm. come into play. Um, yeah, that's, that's really interesting. And then, I mean, this whole fact that War World is a simulation, I think, brings up so many questions. Because Part of me was thinking, so if War World is a simulation in this episode, is it actually even a real park in Westworld? Or is it just a simulation of, I guess it's Serac, right? Yeah. Well, my thought on that is if that's a simulation, then everything we've watched is. Because Maeve would know if War World didn't exist. How would she, though? Well, she's had access to all the tripads in the in mm -hmm. Westworld when she's been when she's been back in the labs and everything. She's had access to all of that stuff. I I'd be I'd be shocked if she didn't know. I mean, she knows Shogun World exists. She knows that these other parks exist. I would think she would know. I mean, unless it was programmed into her that this is there. But well, yes, but did she know Shogun World existed as Shogun World until she was there? That's kind of my thing. Like, we know well, there are different parks, but it yeah. was kind of like she seemed so surprised to be speaking Italian at that one point. Like, when we first yeah. see her there, she's like, oh, like, you know, and I think it was the same way with, with Japanese when she was in Shogun World. So that's why I'm just like, you know, I, it kind of makes me question, you know, what's, what's real. I feel like the only ones we know for sure are real are Westworld, Shogun World, and then the Raj. Yeah, the Raj. Uh, well, and now uh, Westeros World. Well, but that was in the simulation. No, that was with Bernard and Stubbs. Bernard, that's that's where because oh, Stubbs right. took out everybody with the axes and everything. You are right. Okay, I know. I mean, okay. So I thought that was kind of like a brilliant nod to Westworld because 
we, I feel like we've done so much theorizing. Like, what if, <laughs> what if Westeros is actually yeah. one of the parks in Westworld? It was uh-huh. like a nice uh, completion of that, um, which was kind of funny. Um, yes. Yeah. But I noticed, and I looked really hard the second time I watched it, and like, do any of these other people look like this is actually Westeros, or does it just look like it's a medieval world? And to me, it just seemed like it was more like a medieval world. That the only, yeah, the like only, the, yeah. There was people sitting on thrones, and they were made out of wood. I mean, there's if if they was full Westeros, they would have definitely. I mean, there's enough other iconography they could have easily put in there. Yeah, I feel like we would have seen like someone that looked like Daenerys, kind of that we would have yeah. seen like a, a man from the Night's Watch, and maybe uh, yeah. a maester from, from behind. That's see somebody from behind that's only two and a half feet tall i mean it's yes Tyrion. oh my god that would have been amazing yeah i totally agree that was the first thing i thought of when i saw drogon like oh my god let's let's see peter dinklage but no yeah that that actually would have totally made it like i mean it's great to have dan and dave there but it's like yeah you know they're just two dudes that yeah. messed up the last season. No, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah, no, that was um, that was pretty great. Um, so, speaking of Dan and Dave, and when we kind of zoomed in on them, I heard them having a conversation, and I know, mm-hmm. I know that. Um, Axel and Jenny and Brett talked about like, well, where are Maeve and uh, Sarek? Is it Sarek? Am I saying that right? Sarek, I think it's right. Yeah. Sarek. Okay. They're like, well, where are they? And so I think they're in Costa Rica. And it's because if you listen to the very brief conversation Dave and Dan are having, they're talking Mm -hmm. about the potential buyer or the new buyer is from is in Costa Rica and it did look mm-hmm. kind of tropical and we know Sarek is this power player in this world so I thought oh well maybe that's when they're at, they're at. I, I think that's a definite a definite strong possibility that that could be where they're at hmm. it's it's yeah <laughs> I, I I agree I don't I, I'm not gonna go and say for certain but I think that I think there's more to that scene than just just a, a wink and nod to Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I've got a couple other ideas on that uh, related to that scene too. But I'll, I'll wait till we get a little close to the end before I jump off the deep. End. Oh, okay. Um, you know, it's funny. Anytime I think of like Costa Rica and like alternative worlds, I of course always think of like Jurassic World. <laughs> yeah. Um. That would be a really interesting world to have as part of the Westworld family, but uh, anyway, that's, that's actually part of where I was. Part oh, of where I was really? Go. Oh, okay. Yes. All right. Well, and it, it's not. It's the uh, well. I, I mean, I can just get into it right now, and some yeah, of it, yeah. some of it is going to play into a lot of other different things that we talked about last week as well. And okay. Last week, I rem- I remember mentioning the, a ton of Blade Runner references and saying that I think this is there for a reason. I'm not sure what the reason is. The end of this episode, Maeve is a Blade Runner. She is tasked with, she's a robot that is tasked with hunting down another robot. Uh-huh. Yeah. So immediately I'm looking at other movie references and other things. And there's a couple different Jurassic Park references in this. 
Now I'm not saying they're going to Jurassic Park, but Jurassic Park has a lot already has a lot of connections with Westworld. Michael Crichton was created both of them for one thing. He also is a big um, one of the big themes in Jurassic Park is uh, actually (laughs) Brett talked about this the other night and saying that somebody is going to go kind of all over the place. So follow with me here. Okay. He had talked about how somebody last season had thought that Hale might be from a third party or a different a different uh, different company. I'm positive that was one of the things I said in, and I had thought about that kind of thing before, but I hadn't had anything to, not, not saying hails from a third party, but the whole, the whole um, corporate espionage and stuff like that. Michael Crichton has made a career out of that. He's got Rising Sun was him that did that, mm-hmm. uh, Lost World, Jurassic Park, Disclosure, Westworld. I mean, it wasn't really in Westworld, the movie that I can remember, but it would make total sense to have a corporate espionage plot in this season. Or in this, I mean, the, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like I said, I might be going well, way off the books here. No, when that no. Blade Runner thing happened, and I realized, oh my God, Maeve is literally a Blade Runner now. I mean, it's almost exactly what she is. So I don't, and, think you, I don't think you are off with a corporate espionage because remember the first season where, oh gosh, what was her name? I cannot remember the character's name, but oh, she, um, her, yeah, she, he discovered that the host was sending signals out side of the park or data outside of the park. Yep. And then yeah. data that was inside um, Dolores's father, Abernathy, that was data meant to get out of the park for corporate espionage purposes. So yeah. I think it's totally on with, with that completely. Like I totally get those corporate espionage going yeah. on. So I mean, I don't, I don't think it's going to be, they're going to Jurassic Park or anything, but oh, and another similarity, actually, one of the main companies in Jurassic Park is in Gen. The one company this year, the new company this year is Insight. Hmm. I mean, there's a lot of little, a lot of little yeah. similarities to things that I, I, I just thought it was a, kind of a fun coincidence. Probably none of it will probably happen, but I, I do think there is something to do with the corporate. I mean, there has to be it's the way that Sirac is being played. I, I would think. Well, and you know, it would make sense if if Michael Crichton's the origin for all of these stories that. The sh- the producers, writers, showrunners would take from some mm-hmm. of his other works and infuse it into interesting places to kind of, that, you know, as little. That was kind of my thought. I mean, yeah. it's yeah. I guess it's 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 still kind of out there to have an actual hardened theory on the whole thing, but I thought it was just an interesting the the end of this episode when when like I said when Maeve turns into the Blade Runner thing, it made me look at everything differently and be like. I wonder if all those were put in there, all those references last week were put in there as a foreshadowing of something to come. Yeah. And it, it seems like it, it was confirmed on this. Even that last scene is framed a lot like one of the scenes in Blade Runner where Harrison Ford is being told this is what you need to do. Yeah. And yeah. So anyways, that's, right. that was my little side, 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 uh, side trip into crazy town. You're right. <laughs> So one more thing I want to talk about here is if we're going to go back to Westworld. But before we do, let's take a quick break. We'll hear a bit from Axel right now. Take it away, Axel. Imagine if you could listen to a podcast where James Delos tells you why he bought Westworld. Well, James Delos isn't real, but Christopher Slough of Reddit, Brandon Hillcart of Bark, and Cortland Allen of Indie Hackers are. And so is Code Story. Code Story is a podcast interviewing the tech visionaries about their journeys building products from nothing to something amazing. 
Code Story is a podcast interviewing the tech visionaries about their journeys. Like How I Built This with Guy Raz, this is the same type of podcast, but bend towards those in the tech world. In the show, host Noah Labhart digs into the critical details about what it takes to change an industry, how the tech visionary got started building their world-changing product, what sort of trade-offs they had to make in the beginning, and how they coped with them. Our tech leaders are not only brilliant builders, they're humans, and they have a human story to tell. Hey, I've listened to the podcast, and it's awesome. So if you're listening to this podcast, you're into tech. And if you want to hear the real human stories behind that tech, Code Story is the podcast for you. Subscribe to Code Story now on every major podcast platform. Code Story, the future is now. And we're back. So Andy, before we took that little break, we were talking about the potential question of if we will end up going back to Westworld, the park, again at any point this season. Um, this seems to be a big topic of conversation on, on the other pods that took place this week. And just kind of curious what, what you think about this. I think, I'm not sure if we will this season. I think we will at some point. It seems like it could be one of those things like a, a uh, they maybe do it the last five minutes of the, of the season, like a, we have to go back kind of moment mm. or something along those lines. I think they will go back there eventually. I'm not sure if we'll see them in the next six episodes though. Yeah. I think, um, I think at some point we will go back to Westworld agree that it may not be the season, but I think if we do, we would go back for Ford or whatever iteration Ford is in now. That's, I, I, I am a firm believer that Ford has to be back at some point in some form or another. So I, I think that's as good idea as any. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 mean, I that's, I was going to say, assuming he's not already off the Island in some other body that we don't know about, but I'm, I'm, that's way too hard to speculate about that. I, I agree that he is somehow still involved at this point. Um, even if he's like an Oz behind the curtain pulling string somehow. Um, Mm -hmm. It also wouldn't surprise me terribly if he has some kind of connection to Rehoboam. Yeah. I, I, I am thinking more and more of that on the same. Cause I mean, he, he hated Delos. He didn't want them. And if Serac is a competitor to Delos, it makes sense that he is involved with Serac in some way or another. Well, and if you remember, way back to season one, initially, he was trying to send his child, Maeve, out into the real world, right? Mm-hmm. She was, he was on the train to go out, and yet she saw the mother with the little girl, and her mm-hmm. sentimentality pulled her back to the park to get her daughter so ultimately, Ford wanted someone to escape the park. He, I think yeah. he wanted it to be May first and foremost, but that when that didn't happen and the whole, you know, his whole big, you know, the next phase of Westworld is going to be this journey into night and, you know, kind of that's when everything went haywire and amiss and Dolores kind of took over in that regard. So, I mean, I don't know. Well, that's, I think, 
I think it was Brett that said on it's either Brett or Jenny, one of the two on the last podcast that said that they thought that he he might be the destination for me or she might he might Sirach might be the destination for Maeve. I really like that idea. That yeah. she's, she's going there. she maybe doesn't know that that's the destination of where she's supposed to go, but I like the idea that that is where like where she was meant to go. But let's say it's it's hard to tell yet with that. I, I but I do think Ford is somehow involved in there. But the, yeah. as far as going back to Westworld, I don't I still don't know. I mean, what other reasons would there be to go back? I can't think of any right now. But yeah, other than that, Ford is still there somehow. Yeah, or or some place, some type of place where the host can go to live or something. But they're supposedly trying to get the park back up and running. So, or maybe that's why they go back because the park gets started up again. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. What would Westworld be without Dolores? Yeah. You know, or any. I mean, mean, most of them are gone. Most of the originals are gone. (laughs) Yeah, um, yeah. That'll that'll be interesting. uh, Interesting to see. And then, um, I mean, yeah. I feel like I was going to say something, and it just kind of like flew out of. While we're talking, Dolores, I did think of another another question I had here. When uh, Sirac is talking to Maeve at the end, he 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 specifically says that. Uh, Rehoboam stopped working. So does that mean that Dolores is already in the in that system somehow? Ooh, it might. I, I rewound it like two or three times. I'm like, did he say it stopped working? I thought it, the first time I heard it, I thought he had said it was just not working correctly or, or something like that. But he said it stopped working. So that'll be interesting to see. And I imagine that maybe next week, we have a lot more that plays into that. Um, it could be because of Dolores. It could be because Dolores and Caleb are now together as well. And mm-hmm. he seems to be on kind of a Dolores Maeve like trajectory in whatever this world is, regardless of what he is, whether it's human or, or host uh, in terms of, you know, choosing not to have the implant. Um, and I mean, I think probably the more Rehoboam probably stops working, the more people decide to think for themselves and go without those implants or the communion wafers and things like that. Right. It could be, um, it, maybe it could be just like, uh, just like what Maeve did in the simulation. Maybe Rehoboam gets overtaxed and doesn't work right when there's too mm. many things, too many things, not, not ha- things that are happening that shouldn't be happening or right. outside of its algorithms or whatever. Well, and maybe even said something about the code in the simulation being just like a copy and that it was like a sign of laziness. And if Sirach is the one that's really in control of Rehoboam and he's just not up to par with his code, um, then maybe, (laughs) you know, maybe his code is not good enough to keep, keep up with it because uh, I work in tech PR and while I, don't claim to know a ton about artificial intelligence and machine learning. The thing is with machine learning, once you write those algorithms, they can take on a life of their own, even kind of beyond the coders. Um, I mean, coders can so shut them can down. they can learn from themselves? They can yes, learn from themselves they, kind of thing? Okay. They keep learning. And a, a very unfortunate example of how this works, <laughs> it can go very badly is, I feel like it was Microsoft a couple of years ago 
set up an AI entity that had a Twitter feed and the more, and what it learned from Twitter and it was tweeting out stuff, right? You know, it was like at first okay. it was very fun and light and conversational within yep. 48 hours, that <laughs> entity had become like a completely racist bigot. So, Whoa. uh, cause it learned, wow. it learned from Twitter. Yeah. <clears throat> I'll have yep. to see if I can yeah. find the story on this to share, but it was, it was yeah. really disturbing. Um, just in terms of like, okay, if, if an, if an algorithm is learning from Twitter about how humans act and behave and what they think and, and what their true feelings are, this is the result of that. And if this, if, right. if this AI learns all the bad things that humans do, it might end up being even worse than the humans. Maybe. Yeah. 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 I mean, that is, that's one of the biggest questions about the use of artificial intelligence right now is, is the ethics behind it and what, yeah, wow. what it, you know, a lot of people that's think, fascinating. yeah, a lot of people think the artificial intelligence can actually be biased depending on who's writing the algorithms. Right. Wow. Yeah. It's, I mean, there's You're blowing my mind here. Like I, all of my knowledge from AI comes from like movies and television. So, well, this is interesting the, you know, stuff. they're, they're even trying to use it, you know, to scan resumes. And so it's like, well, what are those algorithms looking for in those resumes? Are they skipping over uh, names that seem more ethnic? You know, I mean, there's yeah. a whole, there's a whole ethical conversation on it that, you know, AI, I think, could be great in a lot of ways, but I think it's yeah. such sticky territory when it comes to uh, well, ethics. Anything de and, dealing with human resources of any kind, I would think. Well, well, yeah, you know, of course. I mean, you know, we see Caleb, his coworker is a, is a robot, right? Mm -hmm. Which is artificial intelligence. And that's, you know, the thing a lot of people are afraid of is, AI is going to take over our jobs. It can automate more just kind of mundane processes, even, you know, kind of from an administrative perspective now. Um, if we have more autonomous vehicles, it could take away, potentially take away jobs from drivers. You know, it's, yeah. a, I mean, it's, a, it's a swarm, which is why I actually think Westworld's a really important show because uh -huh. I think it is showing only one of the biggest extremes of how AI could impact society well i mean that's and i i actually have a little bit of knowledge of that kind of stuff because a lot of our a lot of our farming equipment is it's not quite ai but it's become very much like our planters controlled by the ipad and all that and it can adjust to things ma faster than we could ever adjust on the fly and it's the amount of people it takes to do the same work we do now it used to be 10 people it takes it's the work we do now and now it's down to two just because of all the the computers mm. being able to handle the bulk of the work and like I said, make, make split the second decisions that would cost us thousands of dollars and hours to make those decisions and they can do it instantly for us. And man, wow. that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. It is kind of crazy. Um, so let's, Oh, that was that's a, that's very interesting. Keep interjecting <laughs> that kind of stuff as much. Okay. As you want. Yeah, I, I'll hope to. Nothing else. I'm fascinated. I'm for okay. everybody else. At least you and I are entertained. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's always just kind of like, oh, that's a really cool AI thing. And then sometimes it's like, oh my gosh, I think that is, could be really dangerous. You know, it, it really yeah. vacillates right now in terms of the possibilities. Um, yeah, so. Very slippery slope from the sound yeah. of it. Yeah, oh yeah, it's a completely slippery slope uh, for sure. But um, uh, let's see, what else? Um, Simulations upon simulations. We touched on this a little bit before. And I mean, I still think about what that one guy at the party said in the first episode, which is like, what if we're just a simulation? You know, yeah. Westworld is just a simulation within our simulation. And uh -huh. then we see this other simulation that, that Maeve is in. And I yeah. know this is probably one of, the, one of the most controversial topics that we're talking about throughout the, the series of podcasts on this this year so far is just like some people are really like, no, not everything's a simulation, but I kind of think it's like, maybe it's not everything is a simulation, but I do think there's a level of control to everything. So we've, you know, and I think of it almost like as an onion and probably the most vulner vulnerable controlled entities, say the hosts are like in the core of this onion. And then as it goes outward layer by layer, there's someone else in control, but then there's someone else in control of them. And then there's someone else in control of them. And so even if it's not a simulation, there's still kind of a level of, of control, right? Because we've got made yeah. simulation, we've got the real Westworld parks, we've got what we think we know as the real world that Dolores is in now, but yet Rehoboam is there, right? controlling things yep and then i would think serac is actually the layer outside of rehoboam because he controls rehoboam so that's kind yep. of how i think of like if it's not all a simulation there are definitely certain levers being pulled by other people that have yeah, there's definitely yeah, many many layers you're right yeah that's yeah and it, yeah it keeps getting bigger and bigger or farther and farther there's always a bigger fish kind of a mentality yeah. Um, well, I'm kind of thinking about it that way. If Serac is so wants Dolores dead, then Dolores has the potential to take over the layer of Serac, right? Kind of. That's to me. That's Ciroc. the only reason why he would want her dead. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, why um, else would he care? Yeah. Um, do you want to talk a little bit more about Serac and Maeve at this point and like kind of we what sure you can. thought about that last, that last scene there? Yeah. Um, let me think what was I going to say? Oh, the, cause I think what you were hinting at was that, uh, cause at least I had this thought is that Maeve definitely, um, is somebody who always pays her debts kind of a thing and remembers when people wrong her and holds grudges and I, I can definitely see her t turning on Sarah and not and teaming up with Dolores. It would yeah. not shock me at all. Yeah, and um, that's kind of why she just, she just escaped. She just escaped not having any free will to get to getting free will, and then all of a sudden somebody tries to pull her free will away from her again. I don't think that's going to end kindly yeah. for him. Um, that whole move he did at the end there, I was just kind of like. You just screwed with the wrong host, buddy. Yeah. Like, I, I, I mean, I just don't think there's any way Maeve is really going to kill Dolores for this guy, which is why I, I kind yeah. of 
yeah, in my heart of hearts, I really do hope they, they team up. But in the same way, um, I mean... Well, I, th- I think there is a way that she would. And I think the only way is if Sarah somehow has her daughter or has access to her. I think yeah. that's the only way. But, but if Dolores has control of that, then that could be used as a chip for Dolores to use to turn made to her side. Yeah, I mean, that's... Yeah, that's really, we'll have to see what happens there and what kind of bargaining she does. Yeah, well, I mean, even even until that moment where where he uh, where he did that, I had a feeling that it actually could uh, that Sirach actually could be Ford, but that that notion went away a hundred percent once that little interaction happened there at the end. I was like, nope, Ford Ford would not have handled it that way at all. So I'm glad of that. I did not want that. I want to see Ford again, but I did not want him to be Ford. Well, and, you know, with Sirach, it kind of makes me wonder how how smart and intuitive he really is, because I think he got the Sizemore character so very wrong, right? And Maeve mm-hmm. was just like, you know, that's that was the tell for her. That's how she, she cracked it. So already, in some ways, Maeve is probably slightly more intelligent than Sirach, or maybe more intuitive in certain ways. She has better insight to people. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. but at the same time, why don't we get into who we think won the week in a minute here? Um, but before we do that, we'll take a quick break and here's Axel. Take a little break from this show to remind you again of our amazing presenting sponsor, cufflinks.com. They've been with us for over a year and we're so proud to have them. So go out and support them. If you're a listener to any of our podcasts, take a moment right now, type in cufflinks.com slash DVR into that old web browser and you will arrive and you will be amazed, happy, surprised at the amazing products that cufflinks.com has. You might think to yourself, hey, I don't have an informal event coming up. You know, I'm not into cufflinks. But guess what? They have a lot more than that. Actually, I'm wearing a pair of Star Wars socks that they sent me. Cufflinks.com is where it's at. Go to cufflinks.com slash DVR today. Hey, everybody, I've got an exciting announcement. Our very own Heath Santazo, a.k.a. Heath Solo, who you know is a great actor, has been writing a screenplay and is now producing his first feature film, The Star City Murders. A team of detectives are tracking down a serial killer, but his methods are like nothing law enforcement has ever seen. It's a race against time before more victims are claimed. The Star City Murders. You can be a big part of this project and become a backer. Just go to cefilms.com for all the information on the film and how to donate, or go to kickstarter.com and search The Star City Murders. And also, if you look in the show notes or at dvrpodcast.com, all the links are there for you. There are many great rewards for donating, including a tier where you get an exclusive behind-the-scene podcast hosted by me, Axel Foley. That's right. Let's help get Solo make this movie, all right? Go out there and donate $5, $10, whatever you can give. Let's make sure that Solo gets this done. And also, all the Patreon funds coming to DVR Podcast are going to 
this Kickstarter because we believe in Solo. This is going to be an awesome movie and we want to be a part of it. So head on over to CE Films today. The Star City Murders, baby. Let's find the killer. Okay, we are back. We're getting to kind of wrap up our our most final thoughts, I think, on on this before, episode. Before oh. we get to this, too, I want to ask you one other question that nobody okay. really has talked about at all. Yeah, yeah. I, I do not know any spoilers. I have not seen any previews for anything. So I don't. The only reason I'm asking this question is because his name still is in the credits at the beginning of the episode. When are we going to see William? I know, right? Yes. Yeah. I, well, as, as, as his older self. Yeah. Yeah. Ed Harris's name is still in the credits. It still says, and Ed Harris in the beginning. Well, maybe that's I, it is the giveaway. killing me that we haven't seen him. <laughs> maybe that's the giveaway that we'll definitely be back in Westworld at some point. Although he was in that simulator at one point as well. So. Yeah. And we, we don't know exactly where that was when he was the last in that mm-hmm. stinger. We don't, we assume it was in the cradle or the, I'm not talking a lot. Can't think of what the name of the place is, but we assume that's where he was. But yeah. we don't, that could be a simulation completely. Yeah, the forge. Yeah, the, the forge. Okay. There you go. Um. Yeah. No, you're right. I did notice. I I didn't notice it this week, but I did notice it when when uh in the first episode that he was still in the credits. So, um, I don't know. I am betting last episode. You know, maybe we go back to Westworld in the last episode and he will be there. And there's something that's going to happen there. Uh, That's, yeah, that'd be interesting. It's not really any, I just, I find it strange and nobody's mentioned him yet. That's, nobody's really talking. I mean, it's hard to talk about him when he hasn't been on there, but I'm just, I'm waiting. I'm going to like let out a little cry when he actually shows up on screen. I'm just, I'm excited. I, I love Ed Harris for one thing. So it's, I'm always excited to see him. And did they find him? We're still not sure if they found him alive at the end of season two. No, no, because the last time we see him before that stinger is when he gets shot going like following Bernard or following her with uh, when Dolores and Bernard go in. And he was shot laying on the ground. And that's and then we see like some, I think we see some some Delos guys or somebody pull up in some Jeeps or something. I want to say, I can't remember exactly, but that, the last time we see him, he's definitely bleeding on the ground. And then yeah. it cuts to that stinger scene where he's in the elevator mm-hmm. going down. I, I need to rewatch the second season. I did not do it before the beginning of this season. Cause I kind of just wanted to go in fresh again, but I yep. feel like there are a couple things I need to, to go rewatch. So we'll see about that. That that last episode definitely is a good a good one to rewatch because there's that it's it's playing into it's playing into this season a lot more than I thought it was going to. Okay. Like actually, I had heard a lot of the only chatter I had heard is that they were going to streamline it more and it wasn't going to be as confusing, and so I was afraid they were going to jettison a lot of the storyline stuff from season two. But they definitely haven't done that at least not yet. Yeah, yeah, we haven't seen big time jumps or. Time jumps we weren't necessarily aware were time jumps at this point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the whole first season, I'm like, ah, ah, no, he's not bad in black, ah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a heartbreaker for me. Um, yes. Uh, so who do you think won the week in terms of this episode? Well, I mean, I think there's, I don't, I don't think there's any doubt that Sarek won the, I mean, he was, 
he loomed large. And even though he was only in the last five minutes of the episode, he made a hell of an impression. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with that too. And that was the one thing that we were able to get out of Tim before, uh, <laughs> before we recorded. He's like, dude, Serac run the week. Like there's just no way around it. And it's like, I think it's, mm-hmm. it's awesome. We're all in agreement just because, I mean, we have not seen someone control Maeve like that in a really, really long time. And I think it was yeah. just kind of disturbing in a way. It's just like, mm-hmm. oh, you are really screwed now, girl. Like, how are you going to get yourself out of this one? Um, yeah, all of a sudden, Superman found her kryptonite. Uh, I know. It's a little bit uh, disheartening. You think, oh, she's just going to be like a a slave, a puppet, a, you know, a game yep. for, for someone, but it's, it's real life now. It's not just a, not just a loop or a storyline. So, yep. um, so that'll be really interesting to see how it unfolds. Um, who do you think is like the MVP of the week? My MVP is Maeve. I mean, Maeve is always one of my favorite, favorite characters in the show. And Tandy Newton is one of my favorite actresses in the show. I thought she was, I thought she was fantastic in this just the little little slight things she did, would do with her face or little gestures here and there. And I mean, it really was her episode for the most part. It's, I just, I thought Maeve was fantastic. I'm, I'm always a stuck for the Maeve stuff. So yeah, that, that's I mean, a big part of it too. There's no doubt she was great, but I just feel like the way her character ended up that I couldn't give it to her. And, and, <laughs> And I just think Bernard, like he, he had a goal and he, he met his objective. And so I'm, I'm giving MVP yep. of the week to Bernard because he was successful in his endeavor. Um, and now he's with Stubbs. <laughs> we'll see how this goes. Um, um, Stubbs is a good, good contender too. That's the more, most interesting Stubbs has been in quite some time. So. Uh, I think it's the most interesting he's ever been, you know? I think, yeah, I think you might be right. I, I I couldn't remember all the other appearances, so that probably means it was. I can't I, remember a lot of his stuff. I, I think he really only became interesting at, at the end of last season when we actually yeah. confirmed he was a host. And it's like, oh, yeah. like, okay, all along. And you see, like, the little, like, kind of, you know, the fairy yeah. dust on some of his scenes where you're like, oh, yeah. Hmm. Well, and I think the more I'm thinking about it too, I think part of the reason why I love Maeve so much in this one is that one of my, one of my complaints about the end of last season was I, I, I didn't like the fact that Maeve basically had turned into Superman. I mean, controlling the things with her mind and all that kind of, all of that. And in this one, I think Maeve's character to me always functions best when she has a challenge and now she has a new challenge. And I love that. Yes. I love, yeah. I love seeing her trying to figure things out and to overcome things, impossible odds, all that. I just, I, so maybe it's just the promise of I'm gonna I know I'm gonna love what's coming next because I, that's my favorite Maeve is when she's like that. I was I was worried she was a little overpowered at the end of last season. So I like that there's a new counterweight to her or a counterbalance that can hopefully have it, make it more competitive for her. I guess I yeah. like when she's in a competitive game. But I don't like watching her blow out the other team. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. So, anything else to add on this? episode that you can think of i off the top of my head i don't think i think we kind of covered most of it it's this was a yeah i can't think of anything else do you have anything i don't think so i think um i think that's it for now i mean um i think i covered most everything i just i really can't wait until kind of the these two storylines come together at some point um 
because I was left last season a little disappointed in terms of like, there was this like five minute showdown between the two where they let each other go their separate ways. And it just kind of wasn't enough for me. And I feel like we're going to get to see more. Uh, Yeah. They they basically just drove by by each other on the road and waved. And that was the extent of what they did together last, last season. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I'm, I'm greatly looking forward to when the storylines meet up as well. It's, I, I like the way the season is going. So, and yeah. I, I think the I think I remember if it was Axel and Ken or somebody had talked about how they think the, the lesser episodes might be better. I I think it will be better, just because it's a little like say, being a little more streamlined is not. As, I thought it was going to be bad, but I think it actually might be still a little stronger. At least so far, we'll see how that ends up. But. Yeah. Well. Okay, then I guess we will call this a wrap and we will be back next week and hopefully we'll have Tim Hines with us again. So, you know, for now, um, have a deep and dreamless sleep and you'll hear more from us next week.